Alright guys, welcome back to the show. Hope you're doing well. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. Uh, today I have a conversation with a guy who's somewhat behind the scenes, but you probably be seeing more and more of him as time goes on. Uh, if you're a fan of Gritty and Brian Call, um, today I'm having a conversation with Brad Hunt. So Brad um, works full-time with Gritty. Um, he does a he wears a lot of hats over there he helps brian with producing the podcasts and social media content um you know even procuring tags and just anything he, he helps some of the film he does a lot of filming as well um but brad is a super hard-working guy a great hunter um you know you don't necessarily see it as much sometimes in some of the gritty films although like i said i think you're gonna start to see it more um but he's a killer hunter Got a lot of experience, um, very hardworking guy. Um, you know, he's got three sons. So we talk about you know um, his legacy and and raising raising sons, and um, even talk about spirituality and how he got into working with gritty and um, just uh, we just have a great conversation. So Brad's a Brad's a great guy, uh, very knowledgeable, and um, I think it'll be interesting for you to kind of get to know Brad a little bit more. Um, than you may have on some of the gritty films. So um, I've spent some time with him. We got some upcoming hunts together. We mentioned uh, in January a hunt that we're gonna do together. Uh, be me and Brian and Ryan and Brad going down to Mexico to hunt coos deer. Looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, this is a great conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. And let's just jump right in. I do want to remind you. Um, I like to thank my partners and. Um, you know, if you need anything from uh, gear-wise before the fall starts, or you want to become an insider um, and research tools, or use the get an Explorer membership, um, they just released a couple new features on their Explorer membership, which are really awesome. There's a range finding tool, um, as well as a new way to save offline maps that is um, much better than the competition. Um, no more saving individual patchwork maps for high res. You can go in there and save a huge area of high res map for offline mapping. So I definitely um, am going to be using GoHunt uh, mapping software this year. So anywhere across the GoHunt platforms as well as Outdoor Class, uh, you can use the code QUEST and save 20%. Uh, and you'll also be supporting the show. Um, you can use that same code, Quest, at Initial Ascent, if you need a new pack, or Heather's Choice, or Western Fly. Um, so go ahead and check those out. I got some more uh, discount codes in the description field. And let's just jump into this episode with Brad Hunt. Enjoy. You like my new setup back here? I do. I like it. You see I wish, this guy? I wish we had a freaking office. Yeah, I know. I was, I mean, dude, I was still even shot mine. Like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. It's, I've been, I don't have a rifle hunt right now. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm just going to. Yeah. See. That's like me with my bow. Like, I've barely touched my bow. I still have, like, it's still really set up for, like, Eastern, like, 75. I don't have a dot. You know, I don't have, like, a, right, a slider or nothing. Yeah. It's just, like, a regular pin sight and, I don't have yeah. any archery hunts right now. I'm kind of intentionally waiting on the archery hunts <laughs> till I can get my skills up a little bit, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, um, they're, they're, I don't know, like, elk are not as bad because you can get away with a lot versus even mule deer and, yeah. and obviously, like, coos and stuff. I mean, they're so switched on. But. Dude, 
that that coos deer hunt we did was eye-opening man yeah that like they... eight hour stalk we did on that and it just left for no reason right <laughs> yep yeah exactly most guys most guys don't do that they aren't willing to do that you know yeah but but that's how you get them killed that's for sure yeah man um what uh what uh what archery hunts you got lined up so we have Brian and I both have an early uh, starts August twentieth a mule deer tag. So both of us have tags, mm-hmm. and then we're just gonna go right into probably. What film. state is that in? So that's a Utah draw yeah. tag. Oh, nice. Um, and then I have my Idaho archery over the counter. Um, not totally sure what we're doing there yet. Brian has talked about since he doesn't have anything and they're not doing, he's not going to Alaska. He might just come and film me while Ryan's up there. And then, so Brian's not doing that Alaska thing anymore, huh? No, I think he, he's like, you know what? We need to get epic elk content. And so, and that this is the year for us, it's going to be like full head first into archery. Like we want to, we want to really compete in the archery market because we can, like nobody's really seen our skills that much. You know, we talk about it and stuff, but so we're going to dive into that. He's going to come help me film or he's going to film me on that where it's just going to be those first two weeks of September just on me. Sweet. And then we'll reverse roles and go into his Montana hunt waiting for Ryan to get back. And then I will come home and spend some more time with the wife and kids while he continues to hopefully he can get something killed. And then he can just film Ryan and, and live and and then even Bryce at peaks. That's cool. kind of what they got going. And then, and then I'm actually, I'm going to do like a, five or seven day just OTC mule deer hunt with my dad and brother. So while they, while they go do some other stuff, but that's, that's kind of the plan so far. It's not set in stone. Are you doing the Montana deer hunt with all those guys? No, I didn't draw a tag this year. Um, so I, I probably will end up going in and helping film. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't have a tag sadly. I only got those two mule deer tags, the early archery, and then the, just the regular over the counter nice, general man. Idaho deer. So should be, yeah. should be a good year. Yeah. I'm, um, I've been thinking of, I was talking to Ryan too about it. I've been thinking about that Montana thing. Like, um, just cause I know they want to get Mark's son a deer and they want to get Paley a deer. And then obviously like, you know, people would rather see Ryan and Brian kill a deer than me kill a deer. Right. And I have a tag. So I'm thinking about maybe just kind of, going my own way on that one oh, and yeah. um i don't know we'll see um mark said he might be able to point me in the right direction on some spots and um and then maybe we could figure out some way to i don't know yeah i know they have so many tags to fill and then trying to get I the know. kids and right that's that's like i know mark this year really wants to focus on eli yeah get, getting a buck because you know he didn't last year and stuff and yeah and with all the bear hunts he ended up not being able to come with us like mm-hmm. you know he initially planned and and then yes it's there's so much to do <laughs> like, I know, man. trying to get content out right now and and it's like this is the window to do it yeah in mean, july it's gonna be August. a good season though man i'm looking forward to uh january that's gonna be fun yeah yes absolutely it should be it's gonna be killer like yeah can't Any be word on your passport yet no, uh, hopefully they told me it'd take four to six to eight weeks. So okay. I'm hoping. That's not too bad. No, I'm hoping it's here sooner than later. Yeah. So it's all taken Jay care of. Jay didn't seem but... too worried about it. 
I think the firearm um, thing was the bigger deal. Yeah, and that's what I figured because we're Brian and I are using the same same rifle. It's yeah. not like I'm bringing a separate rifle in. So yeah, I man, that'll that, be that'll be fun. That'll be a fun hunt, I think. Um, so yeah, man. Um, I just wanted to get you on today. Um, you know, let me just say to the guys listening, welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. I'm here with Brad Hunt. Uh, we kind of just flowed into that, but. Um, Brad, as you probably may know, works with Brian over at Gritty. Um, He helps Brian with producing his podcasts, um, producing the films, filming the films, photography. What else do you do? Everything? Yeah. I'm I'm kind of of Brian's assistant, especially, which he's paying me to do it. So yeah. there's stuff that he doesn't want to deal with. So I end up dealing with it, which is not a big deal. You know, it's, it's, it works out. We work great, great together. Um, yeah. and obviously I'm a hunter first. I have hunted all my life mm-hmm. and got an opportunity to basically do an internship with Brian, um, starting in 2019. And then kind of from there, we've just progressed. And at the end of last year, I went full time with Brian yeah. And it's been good. It's busy, but it's been really, really good. And and what I like is I do still get to hunt because like, yeah. you know, I'm not, I grind out in the office here because I absolutely hate being inside. I hate being in an office, but I know there are 10 days here, 10 days there. I can still go elk hunt, bear hunt, mule deer hunt. I can still do all the stuff that I normally yeah. would do. And then I just got to grind here in the office to get our, all our content done. So yeah, speaking of, busy. you got a nice bear this year, huh? I did, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – I'm not sure when we're going to release the film on that one. Um, wasn't as much action as we had planned, but other than grizzly action, we ran into – the first 24 hours, we had eight grizzlies oh we'd seen. And then we saw 10 the, on total on the trip. We just kept seeing the same grizz over and over. Um, and then – Yeah, like we saw – some giants and <laughs> a lot of a couple thousand cubs and then we actually had two juveniles come into camp that i had to oh, shoot no out of our camp one morning oh really yeah so we we'd been seeing all these these grizz and just warning shot with a rifle or well with the pistol so they were less than 40 okay. yards oh man usually with the llamas they'll kind of they'll bark and alarm and yeah. it's usually three four five hundred yards out well, we, we were just, I mean, the sun was just cresting and it's bear hunting. We're not out of the teepee early. I mean, it's like, right. we're just out of the teepee like eight o'clock. Yeah. Uh, this is early. And we thought we heard a faint llama bark and Mark and I kind of look at each other. Mark is blind as a bat when he takes his contacts out. <laughs> you probably know, you yeah. know, like he is blind as a bat and we kind of looked at each other and I'm like, I'm not sure if that was a llama or not. And then we heard it again. And so I, I kind of come out of the teepee with, I have my boots ready. Like I always tie my boots so my shoelaces aren't dragging, but I can still uh-huh. easily slip my boots on in Grizz country. Yeah. And so I slip out with the pistol of the 10 mil, and as I come around the corner, there's one llama that I had staked down. So we had six llamas. Um, one of the three that I had, I would staked it down, and it had ran. It was running to oh, the geez. other llamas. And I'm like, well, that's not right. And I looked up, and sure enough, there was two Grizz, which juveniles, they're still 200, 250 pounds. Yeah. And they are less than 40 yards, and they're standing right where I would staked that llama down. And so I, Mark's not even out of the tent yet. And I, hey, get out of here. And the front Grizz stands up and just is looking through me. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this. And I, juveniles are the worst because you don't know. Right. I don't know if they've They're seen a human or whatever. Yeah. And so I, I shot the stump next to it. 
And then about five seconds later, they finally dropped and, and took off running. And then we saw them 10 minutes later, you know, three quarters of a mile up the trail. But yeah. it's like, I mean, that was, that was a close situation because they can close that 40 yard distance fast. Oh dude. Yeah. Was it a little hard to get back to sleep after that? We stayed up glassing, so it was it was one of those days that we didn't have rain. I mean, we had out of out of 21 days I spent in the field this year, I think we had three for sure, maybe four days that it didn't rain on us. Like yeah. it was just nonstop. This yeah, the spring. hunt I was on with you, yeah, I think I don't remember a single day. I think maybe the day we hiked in, it didn't rain. Yeah, yep, and that was right. like it. Yep, I mean it is. It has been a very wet spring. And there's, it's been cold, so there's still a lot of snow high, which is, for us Western hunters in a lot of areas, that's awesome. I mean, you're going to have good antler growth. I was um, going to say, Mark was saying to me the other day, the moisture content out there is really good. He said it's a great antler year in Montana. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think kind of most of the Western states, you know, you get into southern Utah and stuff, and it's different. But most of these, these Western states, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, I mean, they've got a lot of high moisture content, and they've mm-hmm. got a lot of, of snowpack. Um, a lot of these areas still have snow back in those basins. And so normally when those elk, like in September, you know, they're high, but a lot of times they're starting to drop because the feed is just not there. It's so dry. Yeah. Where I think this year, especially, you know, Montana and, and even parts of Idaho, like those elk are going to be super high, which is awesome because less and less people get up there. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of nice. But yes, but I think it's going to be a great year. So we're excited to go shoot some bucks and some bulls and, and it, yeah yeah man i'm looking forward to this year for sure um so um you know a lot of people probably don't know too much about you and like you said you're a hunter first and i saw that by experience uh hunting coos out with out in arizona with you guys last year mm-hmm. and um we actually didn't shoot any deer so that probably that footage will never air or anything but um you know i was able to f- film you on at least one maybe two stalks Yep. Um, so I saw firsthand, um, that you're a great hunter and, um, but people might not know too much about you cause you're a little bit behind the scenes, although that's starting to change a little bit with the bear and stuff like that, which is cool. Yep. Um, but, um, and I know a lot of people are like, man, you know, I would love to, you know, I wish I could be following Brian around or whatever. And, um, and <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, you gotta that just happened on accident like you put yourself in the right yeah. areas you worked hard you uh, you've been around the industry for a long time so um you know i'd love to hear just for the listeners even for myself a little bit just because i know you've been around and sort of in the industry a little bit mm-hmm. um what's kind of your background and, and how did you uh link up with brian and, and start working with gritty yeah so um like i said been a hunter first like everything i've learned with the exception of the last three years, you know, which is I've learned a lot, but I've also been able to input a lot just from my experience. You know, I learned so much from my dad and brother and, and growing up as a young kid hunting. I mean, I was from as young as I can remember, four or five years old. We were always fishing. We were always going out hiking, glassing um, and in big country, too. It's not not small country. Yeah. And, you know, when I was 10 years old, I I. I called in my first bull elk to my dad. Wow. I, I When I was eight, I kind of picked up some elk calling, just curious, you know. And I think it was an old Wayne Carlton fighting cow call, you know, external read. And then I kind of started playing with diaphragms and stuff. Um, and that led me through the years of, of being pretty successful. I killed my first bull elk with my bow when I was 13. Uh, yeah, I think you posted it. a picture of it the other day on Instagram, mm-hmm. didn't you? Yeah, so I was – cool, man. 
I was, my birthday's November, so I couldn't hunt when I was turning 12. I wasn't quite yeah. 12 yet. Um, so I killed a cow my first year with a rifle. Um, and then through the years, fast forward, so I've killed 16 bulls in the last 20 years all with a wow. bow. Um, and then I've shot some cows, you know, like on depredation tags here and there, you know, just mm -hmm. put meat in the freezer. Um, and then I've shot six mule deer with my bow, shot a handful with the rifle, you know. Um, and there are years that I have only been able to hunt, whether it was work or family stuff, because I'm with a wife and three kids. And, and until this job, you know, it was, it was I was working for the railroad or I was doing other jobs. And I didn't have time off. So it would be like I was a weekend warrior. I'd grind yeah. and I knew that I had – and I pushed hard, especially archery hunting, um, because well, I mean you get so much meat out of an elk, and yeah. so I would I would grind super super hard in a two day weekend. I might in the whole season of thirty days, I might hunt three days. I'm lucky if I can hunt five days out of that thirty mm. thirty day season. And so I would just we would go hard, and <laughs> we didn't ever have an issue finding elk. Uh, it's just whether or not you can get a, a bull killed. And and you know over the years I've become a little more picky and picky with I wouldn't say antler size, but age class. Yeah. You know, I want to shoot that mature book. I've, I've shot a lot of, I mean, almost, I've shot one spike. Everything else is a five point or bigger, which, yeah. you know, raghorns or whatever. Um, nothing said, huge. Real quick, just to jump in, you said you, you never really had trouble finding elk. Is that just because you think you grew up around it and you knew the kind of places they like to go? Yeah. Or you, did you kind of have your spots where you knew there was always elk or you just There's... learned where to, where to, how to find them? Yeah, so it's it's a mixture of both, um, knowing where to find elk and how to find elk, and also growing up in areas that you know elk are around. Like, and it's it's open yeah. country, um, but you know I've I've kind of explored until two years ago. I hadn't really hunted out of state except for mule deer. Elk I'd never hunted out of state. Yeah, and so we we kind of focused on a couple spots. Um, and we, we always try and get away from people. Yeah. Um, we try and get to those really high backcountry locations that most guys aren't getting to. And we, we would, it was nothing for us. We would cover, and I'm not being braggy or anything, like we just got after it. We would, it was nothing for us to, in a single day of elk hunting, we'd cover 12 to 14 miles with, oh. you know, 4,100 feet elevation gain. And just, that'd be you and your dad and your brother a lot of times? Yeah, yep, yep. So your dad and, really put that into you. Absolutely. Like from a super young age, you know, we were always out hiking and my dad, he is, I mean, he's 59 now. And like on our sheep hunt last year, he's 58 at the time we were 50, 58.6 miles was our total trip in 11 days. Mm. And you're gaining about 52 to 5,400 feet, depending on where we got to. And it's, I mean, it's straight and crushed it. 75, 80 pound pack all day long. Wow. And my brother the same way, you know, my brother's a few years older than I am and yeah. he's, He's he's a killer too. Like, no way. Here's about it. He doesn't have social. He hates social, all that stuff. But he's a killer. Like, and yeah. he's, you know, he he. Same with my dad. I mean, I don't know how many. I mean, every year my dad will kill a, a nice six point bull, and so that was ingrained to us. Like, you just get after it. You go hunt, yeah. and so I think with that, it made the transition of of working with Brian a lot easier because I was a hunter first. He's not having to teach yeah. somebody how to hunt in camera. Mm -hmm. And so how it got started there was I was working, we, we'd met a couple times at like TAC, you know, and I'd, I'd been a gritty fan or whatever and had met Ryan just briefly, I think in 2018 um, and Ryan and Brian as well. And then in 2019, I was working down here in Utah 
and, and for the railroad. And I just happened to go into wild arrow archery one day and during the summertime and to pick up some things. And I ran into Brian there. And so I guess kind of to back up, I've been calling for Jason Phelps from Phelps game calls for a few years, kind of mm-hmm. been talking with them and they're like, Hey, why don't you come film with us and, and whatever. And I was like, I don't know a dang thing about a camera. And they weren't in, in a position to teach me how to run a camera either. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when I went into wild arrow, we got to talking Brian and I, you know, back and forth and brian brian's like why don't you come do an internship with me i can't pay you or anything but i'll teach you how to run a camera and edit and i'd love to to help you out yeah so i i would go to work for 10 11 or 12 hours depending on the day and then i would go to brian's house or the mountain ops office for three or four hours at night i mean i had nothing else to do yeah were you single at that point still or no so i was married but i was on the road i was i was working so on the railroad i would work eight days on and then i'd have seven days off at home okay so I just happened to be working in the in a really close oh, okay. location where gotcha. Brian was. Gotcha. So I just go over there after work, do my internship, you know, learn camera, learn film uh, editing, and then I went on a hunt with Brian and his cousin Ben in 2019, um, just to help kind of film. Yeah. And so we we did some of that, and I kind of learned in the field some of the camera basics, and kind of started rolling there. And then we went to Arizona, and we both killed coos bucks and. We didn't film as much there. It was more like just get it done type thing. Yeah. Dude, and then yeah. over, you know, that. and yep. And then uh, just kept in touch and doing stuff through 2020 and then through 2021 kind of did some project based stuff. Uh, him and I, I guess in 2020, him and I, we did our archery elk hunt together. And that's the footage that got lost, which was oh, like yeah. the most epic. I know. Over the shoulder archery elk hunt. We have a Brian's hunt. The beginning have, of that series is so cool. And then like, yeah. Just, never ends or never finishes and you're like no right so we still have the one part of the big bull that i get on i think we're going to release um towards like the end of august around the 15th of august or 14th somewhere in there so that'll come out um so we all kind of together in 2020 and then through 2021 we did various hunts here and there i um went to hunt with them and Adam Weatherby on the 2021 start of the bear season. Mm -hmm. I couldn't make the second leg of the trip and then just did some projects here and there for him and other people throughout the summer last year, kind of working on my own. And then the end of last year went full-time with Brian. So that's kind of how it all led into it. It was just, you know, we had the hunting side of it in common and then he liked the style that I hunted. They got kind of hunted the same way. And, you know, when, when we had initially talked and he talked to Ryan about it, and then I got to hunt with Ryan a little bit in Arizona and then other hunts, obviously. And this year, you know, Ryan and I, we had just a couple hunts. It was just him and I yeah. and, and like Kayam, but uh, from Peaks Equipment. But, you know, we all hunt really, really similar. We, we, we love the spot and stock game and, and it's not easy. You know, as somebody that may not know, like yourself, when you came with us to Arizona, I mean, it's a, it's a grind when you're mm-hmm. doing an all day stock and it might, you might yeah. only move 400 yards in the whole day, but it takes you eight hours to move 400 yards and you're like keeping your, your level yeah. below the grass lines and it's, it's brutal. So that's kind of how it all transitioned to, to where we are now. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that like a lot of guys, we were talking about it out there in Arizona. It's like, <clears throat> it's like they can't mentally handle the stress of moving that slow for that long right and they just want it to end so it's yep. almost like subconsciously they'll just like 
move too fast on purpose and and blow the deer out and just right. go back to camp because yeah, it's absolutely it sucks <laughs> like yep. sometimes you're sitting there baking in the sun and then like a cloud rolls over then you're like freezing to death and yep. like <laughs> yeah exactly it's so it's crazy like, like usually when we're on a stock like that i mean elk hunting is a little different because it's a lot bigger country you're moving a lot more same with mule deer so i usually throw on like a little day pack yeah with a jacket like a puffy coat a water bottle and, a and i learned snacks. that after that first stock but i remember we dropped packs pretty early on that yeah. first stock and i had no water no snacks no jacket nothing because in my mind it's a stock it's gonna be what an hour tops right and we end up like you know away from our packs for probably four or five hours yep yeah and so like Take take Arizona, for example, on a stock on a coos deer. I don't know if you noticed or not, but when we went to set our packs down, I took a water bottle, I downed <laughs> I a water notice. bottle. I wish I had. <laughs> so I grabbed the water bottle, I downed a water bottle, and I, and I ate a granola bar. And I was like, because one, stocking on a coos deer, like, I don't want a little pack on my backpack. I don't want anything that's going to make noise or going to deter me or, or t- you know, not allow me to lay flat on the ground yeah. or, or expose myself. And so, yeah, I pounded a water bottle, ate a granola bar, and that was it for the day. Like, yeah. I was prepared to go stock until dark. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to be hungry. And the big thing is, is, like, getting your body used to that stuff. You know, if you're mm-hmm. bent over that long, that low, knees, flexibility, your back muscles, like, I'm not. Yeah, that was I'm a big thing a, I learned, too, about was just mobility is, yeah. like, um Cause I'm pretty strong. I can hike pretty good, but like, I'm not the most flexible and that's a, that's a thing that you should work on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, especially when it comes to coos deer. I mean, <laughs> Cause, yeah, like, Brian would be like, I saw you stalking. Like your butt is like way too high in the air. Like get down. And like, I was like my back, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. And it's, it's, and that's, you know, we've done it for years, but we're talking to Ryan and, and guys like Brian Barney and stuff. They all just say the same thing. And it's like at the end of a stock, if you are not hurting and sore, yeah, you didn't do it right. You know, do you actually and stretch? Do you work on mobility? I've always been very, very flexible, you know, from my past, like in high school and just out of high school, I rodeoed. I, bo- I was a bull rider. I roped and stuff, but I've always my whole entire life. Like, I think it's just something I've been pretty blessed with is flexibility. <laughs> Dude, I don't you, stretch that often. You awesome. got dealt some good cards because, like, we were talking about before, too. You don't really go to the gym, but since you grew up with, like, basically a bugle tube in your mouth, yep. like, you just can hike all day, no problem, but yep. you don't work out. Um, you have the flexibility of a Cirque du Soleil athlete. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I got I, – I call it dumb farmer strength because, I mean, that's why I grew up, ranching and farming yeah. and stuff. And, and it's like I don't go to the gym. I – I basically despise the gym. I mean, I've gone, I'll go every now and then, but I despise the gym. Yeah. But if I go and there's, and there's something about it. Like I've, <clears throat> I've went to the gym for, for months or like a year straight and just hammered as hard as I could. And whether it's, you know, endurance or lifting heavy or, you know, just mobility, whatever it may be. But then I go for a full season of like a hundred days or so in the field, hiking with an 80 pound pack every day. And you know, going from, doesn't matter if I'm 5,000 feet elevation or 10,000 feet elevation, but just hiking those mountains with the heavy mm-hmm. pack. And I come back to do like a CrossFit workout or go to the gym. And the endurance I get from that does not even come close to me grinding out for 30 minutes as hard as I can go every day in the gym. Like it yeah. does not compare. It's totally different. It's so different. Even and like, like 
same thing coming back from a hunt i'll go in and do like leg workouts that are like as close to possible of what i can mimic in the gym Mm -hmm. to get the same kind of movement and and still the next day i'll have muscle groups that are sore that are completely different that i use in the mountains yep right yeah there's just something something totally different about packing or hiking with a heavy pack yeah. like it just doesn't compare you know you, you can't farmer strength and farmer strength dumb farmer strength so like bench <laughs> I press the dumb man you brought it you'll, back you'll crush me everybody will crush me but when you want to do deadlifts or anything like that like my legs are always super strong have been really strong and yeah. so you know i can i can deadlift or squat with with the best of them but yeah man you want me you want me to do pull-ups no nah, not happening <laughs> <laughs> i can do oh. maybe five or eight yeah um, well, <clears throat> going back to kind of like the career stuff, um, I know you were working, like I said, the rail wor- railroad, I think you're making pretty decent mm-hmm. money. Um, but either way, either way, it's a steady job. Um, yep. and you know, I know the answer to this, but I want to hear your perspective on it and like why, and it could be any other, it could be related to other career fields, but like why leave, you know, a steady, reliable, quote unquote, good job to go, you know, into outdoor content creation, very, mm-hmm. you know, very dynamic, very un, kind of unstable, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, you, know, you don't really right. know what's coming next. Uh, it could go bad at any moment. You know, it's, it's not, it's not as stable. Like, you know, why, why take that risk? Why do that? I think a couple things. One, I know my work ethic, so I'm not worried about making money. Like if I have to, I mean, I can go, grind i can go do construction like i grew up you know doing construction farming running equipment like with the railroad and stuff and and outside of the railroad and so i'm never worried about not finding work like there are people that even if it's a day job here and there or going to a cattle ranch or whatever it may be like i'm not worried about finding money um and so that plays a part in it and then also because like my wife she's a dental hygienist but right now she's not working much you know she's she's her goals right now is are taking care of the kids at home. So we got three boys. Um, she's taking care of the kids at home. And so that was, that was part of it jumping in. Cause I know I can find money. Um, the other part of it is I obviously have this large passion for hunting. Like that's who I am in and out. Like that has been me my whole life. And so, and it's nice to leave the corporate world. You know, mm-hmm. it's a grind. Like, you know, there, there are, those worries, like, do I have money? But like I said, with the work ethic and stuff, I'm not worried about finding money. Um, so that plays a huge part into it. And just just surrounding yourself with guys that, because there are, I would say, you know, I know a lot of people, but I'm not real close with a lot of people. Um, my, and I, as the older I get, my circle gets smaller and smaller oh, yeah. and smaller, you know, and, and you, you start to hang out with those people that are like-minded that, you know, are the same as you that have the same personalities or like the same stuff. And, you know, that's Ryan and Brian. Like we, we've got along really, really well. I mean, we're kind of all the same way, you know, and, and just going back to the corporate world, like, I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. That, that was a part, a lot of it. And then being able yeah. to obviously to hunt, you know, yeah. and figuring it out how to do it. And yeah, just and things worked out there's something to be said about, you know, you said being not worried about money and, you know, whether you look at it from 
the perspective like you you were saying you know that you can you can always make money at the end of the day if you need to go out and work somewhere or mm-hmm. or if you have you know um even if you look to you know to god as your provider and just kind of have faith in that um i think a lot of what starts us on the path to you know going after our dreams or whatever cliche you want to say is is not making fear-based decisions not mm-hmm not picking your life path based on having a lack mindset of what if I don't have enough, but yep. having that positive mindset of I'll figure it out, you know, God will provide, I will find yep. what I need to, to get by, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and I, and you know, there was a point, there was a time in our life that we had a house, we had cars, we had like, I, I mean, at the road, I was making six figures Yeah, pretty, pretty close to, um, great insurance, great benefits. But at the same time, it was like, I was gone minimum 17 days a month. The environment of the people that I worked with was like, I love those guys. I love the work, but with, through the union and stuff, you get a lot of guys that don't take pride in their work that don't appreciate hard work or whatever. Um, they're just there to collect a paycheck. And so it was just, it was not my style. And so we decided, like my wife goes like, hey, let's sell our house. Like, So we sold the house. We became debt-free. We traveled around um, like the summer of last year. We actually still live in our fifth wheel. We're trying to get ready to build our house right now. Nice. We just kind of remodeled the 2011 fifth wheel to make it feel like home. So <laughs> it's like all the interior was redone. Cool. We traveled around all summer and last year and, and doing projects here and there and and. I think that's a big part of it too is like we're debt free we're not tied down yeah so we bought some property we have acreage um and it's it's that was a lot of it that was the mindset of i hated living paycheck to paycheck i hated um not knowing yeah. if we were gonna have enough money and th- i think the thing is is like when you make more money you are way more careless with your money that's you true. spend things you oh i got this you know it's coming in whatever but you also indebt yourself into stuff that you don't need, yeah. you know? And so over time we, we decided that we didn't like that lifestyle. And so yeah. we, we did, we sold it all and wanted to that spend was... more time with the wife and kids and travel around and, yeah. and just enjoy and that you were time. traveling a ton before. Um, but now yeah. you're still traveling quite a bit, but yep. you're doing something you really love when you travel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know what? I can, I can be home for 20 days or so or, or more. And then, th- you know, obviously through the summer and then when it comes to hunting season is, and we, Brian and I've talked about this. It's like, I kind of pick and choose. It's on my, on me, like how much I want to spend out in the field. If it was up to me, I would spend 365 days a year out in the field, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but it's not plausible with the wife and kids. And so for sure. we, we like, Hey, I'll do this hunt. And he's, he's doing the same. He wants to spend more time with his wife and kids. So he'll do this hunt. I'll do this hunt. We'll film it back and forth, whatever. Sometimes we'll go together. Um, but it, it just, we get that good family time. And, and I would say that for anybody that's listening is the time that you are home, make it count, you know, yeah. like taking your kids and spending time with them, helping your wife out. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes a huge, huge difference when you're doing those, those things. hundred percent. So. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, when you're old and you're looking back on your life, like, you know, are you really going to 
for me, I was ne- I always had this fear of looking back on my life and, and having regrets and being like, oh, I wish I had done this. I wish I had tried that. I wish I had done this. And I always like want to be that old guy that has all the cool stories that everybody wants to, you know, like, right. Remember that time I did, you know, I'd never want to look back on life and be like, man, what if? And like, you know, I don't think when you get back to, when you get to your end of your life, I would rather be in a one story ranch house with full of stories and mounts on the wall yep. and adventures than in some huge mansion or on a yacht and be like, yeah, I spent 90% of my life grinding for some other company. You know, I don't even remember yep. what I was doing or care. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Exactly. And like, you know, my dad instilled in me is the, the hunting outdoor side of it. And I'm trying to do the same with, with my three boys, you know, my oldest, he'll be nine this year and next year he'll be able to deer hunt. And so it's yeah. like, you know, I'm getting them out there. They're doing that stuff and I don't have I don't have to force them, which is nice. You know, the first, like last year and the year before my oldest, I would have to kind of, I wouldn't force him, but I would pull him along. But once we got out in the field, kid had a blast. Like he never wanted to leave, you know, and now he's like, they want to go all the time. And so there's, I don't have to do that anymore. Just like my dad did with me. I mean, I begged my dad to go hunt with him. I would, I would say, Hey, you know, I'll walk the whole time, which most time, I would end up like holding onto the back of his backpack as he drug me up the hill or, I mean, there's a few times he'd pack me out and that's like, I'm like eight years old, you know? Yeah. But I begged my dad to let me go with him. And he did. He, he, my dad did everything for us kids, you know, that's cool. All through high school sports, everything. I mean, they traveled around. We were like, I was a four sport athlete through high school. My brother was the same way. Um, my sister, she didn't do rodeo, but it was like, they were doing everything for us and, and we're doing the same with our kids. You know, my kids are in football, they're in baseball, they're doing all that stuff. And so it's, it's busy, but also trying to get them out and to learn the outdoors, you know, how to yeah. survive and, and become independent. And so, yeah, that, and that leads like really well into what I was going to ask you, uh, but maybe we'll just go a little deeper, which was like, I know, you know, that, um, your relationship with your dad is, is important. I got a chance to meet your dad at Expo last year. He seems like a great dude. And like, I know you guys shared that really cool sheep hunt in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it seems like you guys have a really good relationship, which is, which is awesome. And something that's really important and a lot, a, not a, not, it's not as common these days as maybe it right. used to be, but, um, what are like, what's the legacy you want to leave to your three boys? Sure. I mean, Honestly, to me, you know, I look at my dad and I'm like, my dad's a legend. Nobody knows about my dad, but it's like, to me, the knowledge that he shared with me is, I mean, I I take it for granted because I talk to guys that don't come hunt out west or that haven't grown up hunting. And it's like, I don't realize how much he did share with me and teach me until I talk with those guys that. They had dads and stuff, but they didn't grow up doing the hunting thing. Yeah. And so I want to do the same thing with my kids. I want to I want to teach them how to survive out in the wild and to hunt and to be a good father, to be a good a good husband. I mean, that stuff's hard, you know. Especially, mm-hmm. I always worry about with like my kids now, you know, as they grow up. I mean, I'm not old. I'm 34, you know. And, and when I was a kid, things are way different than they are now. Like the yeah. things that my nine-year-old has to deal with versus what I had to deal with. I mean, we stayed out till dark. We we would come home when the streetlights would come on, you know, yep. and, and it was like, come home when dinner's ready. My parents were pushing us, like never had to push us outside. We were already out there where sometimes now I think that 
I mean, you're forcing your kids to go outside. Yeah. And so I want to instill in them just the hard work, dedication. Like if you want to do something, figure out how to make it happen. Um, and then obviously the hunting knowledge, I want to, I want to give them as much as I can and, and just, just hope that they can follow their dreams too. You know, I mean, I have a passion for hunting and that's obviously what I'd love to do. Like I said, 365 days a year, but you have to, you know, to raise a family and to be a good dad and and a good husband. I mean, you got to spend the time with them and, and I hope, you know, going to church and, and all that stuff. I hope that they're, I'm setting a good example for them. Like my dad did for me. Yeah, so. no. yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, my, my son's getting older. He's, uh, seven now. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, it's different. Cause you know, for a while they're in that kind of like baby phase and you, you know, but then mm-hmm. you start to realize like, okay, this kid's growing up. Like I really got to start putting stuff into him like to teach him how to be a good person and be a good man and like you know what i mean it's like and you start to realize like dude if i don't teach this kid how to be a man no one else is going to (laughs) right right exactly and you know a lot of it too is like i think about i think about um as we were growing up like my parents they didn't have money so everything that we used was hand-me-down like Mm -hmm. we didn't have good equipment i mean i didn't have good equipment until probably four or five years ago, I started every year. I'd buy a couple things here and there, uh, whether it was a backpack or clothing or whatever. But I mean, I remember as a 13 year old kid going out in my snow pants to go on a deer hunt because that's all I had for insulation or yeah. it was waterproof. And it's not even really waterproof, you know, <laughs> go out in, in, you know, snow boots or whatever. And, or like a, a full uh, Levi jacket, and a, a rifle elk, you know, yeah. with my grandpa. And that's still like one of my favorite pictures. I'm, I think I'm like 10 or 11 years old and I'm with my grandpa and he shot a bull. Like we were chasing these giant elk. Uh-huh. And my grandpa was just the type of guy like shooting whatever for me, you know. And yeah. so my dad never trying to get him a big bull. And this five point comes walking by as my dad never trying to locate this, this big 380 plus bull. And is that five point walks by my grandpa <laughs> shoots it, you know, and I'm sitting with my grandpa and in this picture, I have this Levi jacket on next to my grandpa and his flannel. And that's the thing is I would say to everybody is if you don't have good gear, it doesn't matter. Go yeah. get it done still. Like, I don't know how many elk my dad has killed in a pair of Levi's and a t-shirt. And that's no yeah. joke. Like yeah. time and time again, you know, and, and just I hope I can instill that with my kids as well as, is you may not have the best stuff, but you can, you can get it done for sure. For sure. And that, there's so much stuff like now on, on social media and whatever. And, you know, social media has its positives and negatives, but mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people do actually let little stupid things like that hold them back. Like, Oh, I don't have a, you know, I don't have a sick, like, you know, brand new bow or I don't have like the best yeah. boots out there. So I'm not going to go. But I mean, honestly, looking back, you know, on memories, like if you're able to get it done in a Levi's jacket with like a secondhand bow, like it's probably like, that's kind of cooler memory than if you had right. all the sick gear. <laughs> right. Well, and I think too is, is, you know, we took every opportunity we could to go hunt, whether it was antelope hunting or like get, picking up a rifle cow tag or whatever. I mean, one, putting meat in the freezer, but two, just giving yourself an opportunity to, to gain experiences. You know, you, you listen to guys like Sam Davis and, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's a killer and you, you go for 
You listen he to is, him, dude. That dude straight up kills some big stuff. I mean, I think you have an advantage <laughs> when you grow up in like Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming your whole yeah, life. Like so you, lucky. you figure it out. You know, most yeah. guys, if they're if they have a passion for it, they're gonna figure out how to how to put stuff yeah. on the ground. And you have like access to horses mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. That's the thing is like, put as many tags in your pocket as you can every year. You know, and, and mm-hmm. give yourself ex- you know those experiences. And every time you go out, you're gonna learn something new. I mean, even yeah. to this day, we still learn something new every time. Yeah. You know, and, and so I'm always documenting, like I have on my phone, I have this giant list of when I go to areas, I write down yeah. what the deer were doing or where the, what the wind was doing, um, thermals, all that stuff. Like I always document that stuff. So I have it, I know what it's doing and it just, you know, it grows my knowledge of, of, you know, the hunt and, yeah. and how to hunt. Just and, getting better. Right. Yeah. And exactly. like, I think a lot of people too, you, you got to play the game. Like, so you guys, you guys got sheep tags, I guess that was last year or two years ago, whatever mm-hmm. it was. But, um, you know, I know, I personally know guys who don't even put in for stuff because they're like, Oh, yeah. well I'll never draw that. So yeah, right. you definitely will never draw it if you don't put in for it. Like yep. there's still a chance you could draw it. Um, or guys who like think, you know, because of, whatever they may be listening to or whatever, like they think they got to rack up like 10 points and go right. to like the best antelope unit in Wyoming for their first hunt. It's like, dude, like me personally, I'm going out this year to Wyoming. I'm hunting a zero point hundred percent draw unit. I'm going to go out there and kill an antelope. Like yeah. I'm doing it and I don't care. Um, so like you just got to get out there and do it. Absolutely. Like if you're waiting on points and stuff, like you're going to wait forever. I mean, I know guys that, have 17 or 18 elk points say in like utah and they still can't draw on the point creep every year it goes up and up and it's like where you know you obviously it gets harder for a non-resident but as a resident of like idaho montana wyoming i mean you can go out and you can put five or six tags in your pocket every year you know yeah. and, and so take advantage of that go do it go shoot a, a, an antelope doe with your bow or you know, get those whitetail doe tags or whatever. Just yeah. anything that you can help you improve your your knowledge and your experience and your abilities. You know, it's absolutely it's, man. You know, just take advantage of those things. But um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little deep on you here. Okay. Um, you mentioned you know we're talking about raising boys and stuff. You mentioned church and whatnot. Um, you know what what role does your faith play into your daily life and to your family decisions and even into kind of your long term life planning? Yeah, so like uh, my wife and I, like we were we were so we're we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and so we we're married in the temple. Um, actually, like none of my family is, but for the most part, like my my mom's grandma and grandpa are from a super young age, like they have nothing against it. They just, they're not churchgoers. It doesn't mean they're not faithful or anything like that. But, um, just as a young age, like I was raised a lot in the church. I had really good friends. The only I went to church with my grandparents, I went with all the time. Um, and so we've kind of had that, that growing up. Um, and then, you know, with, with my boys, like we are, helping them to to read their scriptures to go to church to to basically show them like the benefits of when you when you have that in your life mm-hmm. that good things will happen i'm not saying everything happens that's going to be good but it's going to be a challenge but you got to have to stay positive and knowing that 
you know, just being a good person. I mean, that, that it comes down to that. It's being a good person and a genuine person and, and really caring for people. And so, you know, that's my wife and I, like, we're, we're pretty active in the church. We, we both have callings. We, we go to church every week. We take our boys and, and, you know, well, you said you both have callings. What does that mean? So like, um, well, actually she doesn't right now because we, we just moved, but she was like, what I would say in the church is she was a primary president. So she's over like all the children and all the activities and stuff. Oh, cool. Through the, throughout that ward is what they call it. So when it. you say callings is like, that's like mm-hmm. jobs you do in the church? Or? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And so like right now I'm just what they call an activities leader. So every like two times a month we meet and I have, we have like the eight-year-old boys. Uh, it's like my son, my oldest, um, he'll be nine, but we have them. And, and every two weeks we will meet. We have like 10 kids and cool. We, cool. we do some type of activity, whether it's learning how to tie knots or, you know, building a fire or just service work, whatever it may be, you yeah. know, kind of just helping teach them the ways. And it's not all exactly like how the, what you need, or it's not exactly all church related. It's also practical stuff, practical too. life yeah. stuff, you know? And, and so we do that. And then just, just, you know, I think having a, an understanding and a faith that knowing that there's some, somebody else, something else out there that, I mean, evolution didn't create all of this, you know, no way. Somehow <laughs> no it was way. created, you know, and, yeah. and so we're, we're just trying to, you know, teach our boys and to raise them right and to have faith in their life. And if they do, I mean, good things are going to happen. You know, they yeah. have to trust in the Lord type thing. For sure. You know, and, and sometimes it's, it's not always in our hands. And mm-hmm. so just, you know, teaching them to do the right thing, to be honest people, um, to work hard and to help others. I mean, service goes a long way. It's like a lot further than most people know. Yeah. So that's just kind of what we're doing. But, For sure, man. Um, I think a lot of what you get out of life is what you put into others and, and pour out, you know, like that is mm-hmm. a great analogy. Like, you know, um, when water flows into a pond and stays in that pond, it grows stagnant over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it remains healthy is when it has outflow as well. So if you're continually right. pouring out to others, um, you know, more good can come in. I feel like the Lord blesses that. And, um, and so that's, that's cool. Have you ever, um, found yourself? I know I have on like a tough hunt, you know, uh, maybe you're missing home a little bit. Things are going your way and, and having, having that faith or that relationship with God is something you can lean back on. Or give oh you yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. So like, I mean, there's been, been a couple different instances. There was, I don't know, this was probably five, maybe seven years ago. I can't remember. It might've been like, I think it was like 2014. I think I was out on a solo elk hunt mm-hmm. and you know, at the time, like I didn't have a lot of days. And so, I mean, it was hot and got, I'd been playing like three on three basketball tournaments for two days in a row before that and so i knew i was dehydrated but i was like i have one day to go elk hunt but i, but I, I guess i had like a couple of days so i was going to stay overnight and i remember pushing so hard that like my quads my calves my hands everything was cramping up oh, no way. and like my stomach and i laid on the side of the hill overnight with Dang. you know like i had one little small water bottle because i plan on getting water at the head when i got to, got to the head of the the canyon and I remember laying there in this, I didn't have an in-reach or anything. And some places I'd have cell phone service, but not, not all the time. And I remember laying there 
basically through the night, just like, what the heck, you know? That's gnarly. And, and I remember like sitting there praying and doing that stuff. And the next morning I was able to get up and I, I literally, you know, I was able to get off the mountain and I think a lot of it was just trying to get my body to relax and stuff, but mm. it wasn't all on my own. And then there's other, other times for sure that, you know, it's like, there's somebody else there helping you out and, and yeah, getting absolutely. it done, you know, and just having that faith. But. Yeah, man. Um, just making a note here. Um, well, that's cool, man. Well, thanks for sharing that stuff. Um, I think you guys are, sounds like you guys are doing a good job raising your boys and, um, looking forward to seeing some of the stuff they end up pulling out of the woods. <laughs> yeah. They're not but, perfect uh, by any means. They're wild. They're oh, wild of course. Children. Nobody's perfect. But you know what? It's like, I look back at me as a kid and I mean, I was a handful I oh grew yeah, up. yeah. <laughs> but I'd rather do that. I'd rather have them be busy and and doing that stuff versus just sitting in front of a TV or an iPad all day, you know. And yeah, and, and like you said, brain. it's it, it's a you know it's a struggle for parents too. I mean, myself, like I'm guilty of this, and I feel I feel guilty, you know, sometimes. But it's like especially in the summertime because like they're not in school, so you know I have to work, and my wife works from home too, but. Sometimes it's just it's just easy just to be like, all right, just go watch your iPad or whatever, you know. Yeah, and like, right. But you got you really got to make conscious effort to like. And sometimes you know, sometimes you just got to, you know. Right, sometimes right. And a little bit of TV is not going to hurt anybody. I watched a ton of TV when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, just to be honest, but um, but yeah, you do have to make that conscious effort to get them outside and do and do something else or whatever. And yeah, it's not just for them. It's it's you too because it's easy as a parent to just be like, all right, just go watch TV. Yep. Um. But anyway. Um. What? Okay, so we're getting towards the end here just because I got another podcast I got to do a little bit later. But, um, you know, Brian is a really cool guy. He's got a big personality. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're working for Brian, so people don't always maybe get to hear or see as much from you. Although Brian is really good about, like you said, like, like you get to hunt and you get, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not all about him. He's, he's, you know, you're in the films too, which is cool. But like, what, like, is there any, like, what do you want people to know about Brad Hunt that that people don't know? So, I mean, honestly, what you see is what you get. Like, (laughs) I'm going to make jokes. I'm going to like make fun of you, make fun of me too. You know, like I love that. I'm, that's how my brother and I, we grew up, you know, you're, you're nonstop bashing each other, but I'm, we're also competitive. So I'm like super yeah. competitive, you know, and I, I'm like making it a point now too, is cause like, there's a lot of guys that can't keep up with lampers. Mm. I just have to be blessed. Like I can. So, you know, every, every time we're out, I try and beat lampers to the top, <laughs> you know, and, and we hike very similar. We both have long legs, but I don't know what you see is what you get, you know, is, is like, I'm a nobody. I'm just a dumb farm kid, as you want to call it, you know, but I, I love experience. I love to have fun and I love to work. Well, don't hard discount too. yourself on that you dumb know? farm kid thing though, because <laughs> like you may say I'm a dumb farm kid, but like you can do things that like, right. you know, I wasn't raised around farms. So like, I've seen you like do stuff in the field or like fix things or whatever. I'm like, dang, right. I don't know if I could do that. And right. so, like, those skills are real skills that are, like, even in this day and age, even more rare. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I would I would say, this is this is my piece of advice to anybody that's getting married. <laughs> don't tell your wife you're a handyman. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how to do that. Hire it out, you know. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Like, we save a lot of money. We, I mean, we, we 
I build a lot of things with my hands. I've worked on cars. I mean, just all those skills that my dad taught me, which I'm trying to teach my kids as well. Just yeah. everyday stuff, you know, and, and basic knowledge. That, well, I guess stuff that I think is basic knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah like my dad was a great dad. He got me into hunting, fishing, everything. But mm-hmm. he was a business business guy, and right. he wasn't super handy like most stuff. You know, if we had to get something fixed or whatever, like he was getting someone yep. to do it. Um, I think I think part of that was not that he couldn't do it, but maybe you know he worked so much during the week he wanted to protect his weekends to hang out with us and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So he was a great dad. But I just like like. I can jump a car battery and like change the oil. That's pretty much it. Probably. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. No. And that's, that's there, there are many, many benefits to being able to be handy and stuff. Yeah. And you know, it's like my wife will come to me and Hey, this is what I want to do. And I mean, it's built, I built our big kitchen table. I've built like nightstands. I've built yeah. beds You know, just little things like that. But it also I just can't do the deep. Like I hate the detailed detail precision work. that you see. And need. I love I that hate stuff. That. Yeah, I love that stuff, you know, and and I don't know. I think at the end of it, it's just like I've been you know, building guys, IKEA furniture for the past month, and I want to blow my brains out. <laughs> right. Well, I think too, like you know, guys that are good at a craft. You take Brian in filmmaking, or even you know Ryan in hunting and stuff, and it's like the detail that we don't think is like really detailed stuff. It it really is, mm-hmm. and the end product that you get out of that, it. It's a good feeling when you accomplish something like that. Yeah. Same with building something or the skills that you have. Like we take those skills for granted, but you know, when we take advantage of the skills that we have and then you see the end product, like it's something to be proud of, you know, and that may be knowing how to fix something in the field when you're bow hunting or whatever, or rifle Mm -hmm. hunting, um, just sewing or taking care, maybe medical, um, uh, training or whatever it may be, you know, just trying to always further your skills and, and put more tools in your toolbox, you know, like guys like Mark will say, I mean, you're not going to fix a car with just a screwdriver. You got to have multiple tools in that toolbox, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't know, just, that's what I'm trying to teach my boys as well is is all these skills and, and provide for yourself, you know, be be independent, be self-sufficient and it's it's tough. It's not always easy. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You know, but well, cool, man. Well, um, that was a good one, man. I think anything else you wanted to say or? No, I don't think so. It's been great. You know, it's, yeah. it's been great getting to know you and doing some hunts with you and stuff. And yeah, man. Hopefully we got more. some more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Uh, where can people find you if they want to check out your social or anything like that? So I, I have Facebook, but I don't really, I don't get on there hardly ever. I mean, yeah. it's mostly just shop on Marketplace, but uh, <laughs> in, Instagram, Brad underscore W Hunt. Is, is the best place and you know guys I get questions all the time guys ask me certain things and it's like I try and answer everybody I mean I don't yeah. have a big following or nothing um, and then obviously when we do the gritty YouTube stuff there'll be mm-hmm. some series that I'm on there so if you haven't go check out all the gritty stuff um, releasing a bunch of stuff right now so sweet yep well yeah man well thanks for joining me I appreciate it and uh, hopefully I think I'll probably see you in a couple of days yeah, yeah, should be fun. Go shoot and tack. <laughs> All right, so. All right, thanks, All right man. Yep, we'll see ya.